We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, and Magic Johnny. Johnny Gomez, well, folks, 9-1. and one. We're here to break down a Rams 36-31 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Norm, I'll start with you. What are your first thoughts in the game? I'm a freaking wreck. <laughs> uh, no, no way. Else. I mean, the Rams couldn't t- couldn't stop an old grandma walking across the crosswalk with a walker. So you know they just couldn't stop the run game. Just drove me nuts, and they're giving me heart attacks with these close games. Johnny, pretty much the same thing as as Norm. I, I think every single Ram fan can agree to this that that was a little too close for comfort. And I said many unkind things to the television, as I know Norm did. And for me, guys, I well, you guys got you got a texture me, and I'm sitting there going, "They're going to blow this. They're going to blow this," because we've seen it so many times before. And this isn't about being negative about the Rams. Just watching football, we've seen this before. It doesn't matter if it's the Rams or anybody else. They're going to blow this. Just the way this game is flowing, the way it's moving, the way the Rams call plays at the end, the way those play calls went. I I was just sitting there going, "They're going to blow this." And then, and they almost did, and, and thank goodness for a a fourth down stop. And there's just so many things to talk about in this show. Cooper Cup going down, uh, what's going on with this defense? 
all those things. But before we do talk about this matchup, folks, we do want to remind you that we're pretty much everywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You name it, we're there. We're everywhere. So don't forget, also, we're on iBeatRadio.com. They air our shows Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. And, uh, well, here we go. Norm, um, let's hope you're not punching a, a laptop or anything when you're saying this, but can you go over the stats? What you got? Oh, I'll take a deep breath. <clears throat> okay, so for passing, Jared Goff went 28 for 39 for 318 yards and two touchdowns. Solid game by him. Rushing, Todd Gurley had 16 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown, 7.5-yard average. Woods had three carries for 17. Cooks had one carry for nine and a touchdown. Jared Goff had three carries for three yards. Uh, receiving... Brandon Cooks went 10 receptions for 10, for 100 yards. Robert Woods went 4 for 89. Todd Gurley, 3 for 40. Cooper Cup, 5 for 39. Tyler Higby, 3 for 25 and a touchdown. Gerald Everett, 2 for 15 yards and a touchdown. Malcolm Brown, 1 for 10. Uh, defense, Corey Littleton led the team with uh, 6 tackles and 3 assists. Sue was 2nd with 5 and 4. Uh, Sue also had a half a sack. Donald had two and a half sacks, and Dante Fowler had a sack. Kicking, Zerloin went three for three. Uh, then I think probably what we ought to talk about. I, I mean, I guess I could do a little bit of the Seahawks stats, much as I don't like talking about them. Well, I mean, the, at least the team stats, right? Well, let's, you know, well see how... that's that's where I was going to go was team okay. stats. Uh, first downs, Rams had uh, 25, Seahawks had 29. Total plays, they both ran 64. Total yards, Seahawks 414, Rams 456. Uh, passing, Seahawks had 141 yards, and the Rams had 307. That's net after sacks. Rushing, Seahawks had 273 yards. Rams with 149. The big one is penalties. Seahawks with 7 for 56, and the Rams with 10 for 102 yards. And time of possession was within about a minute, 30, 37 for the Seahawks, 29-23 for the Rams. All right. Um, John, I'll go with you first, dude. <laughs> I think we're all emotionally spent here. After this game, I'm getting tired of being emotionally spent after games, but here we go. Johnny, what's the story? What what do these stats tell us overall in your view? Overall, it basically says the same thing it has in the first, uh, well, in the last few games, really. And that's the offense came out really, really strong like every game. And the defense, you know, some of those interesting stats that, you know, Norm was listing out there. You have uh, only six tackles. Your your team high was Corey Littleton, and the next guy over is uh, Nadamik and Sue at five. That's that's a problem. You know, this isn't a guy that's supposed to be the second highest tackling leader. And you have other linebackers on the team, and you wouldn't know it with these kinds of stats. So, this is something that the Rams need to address. What aren't they doing correctly? And I, I'm not certain that this is going to be an easy fix for the rest of the season. Norm? Oh, <laughs> it's it's just really tough. When you, when you can't stop the run, which the Rams could not do tonight. I mean, it's obvious when they get over 200 yards rushing against us. They had 120 yards on us in the first quarter, which was – you know, when as soon as I saw that, I thought, "Wow, this is going to be a really super long game," and it was. It uh, it just drives me crazy. But the the stats pretty much tell it like it is. When a team can run the ball that much against you, it's going to be a close game, and it was very close, and way closer than it should have been. And the Rams have a lot of issues that they need to deal with. I mean, yes, they got the win. Yes, I'm happy, and I. You know, after every game when they when they win a close one, it's hard to not sound negative. I'm trying not to be negative, but holy crap, they give up over 200 yards rushing to the Seahawks. It's it's bad. 
me, on the flip side, the Seahawks are much improved running the ball this season. They've been th- that way all year. And so I guess, Norm, starting back with you, how did they establish the running game in the first half, and what, what did they really run at the Rams to just blow that defense up? Well, i, I got to admit, I actually like Romo doing the broadcast because he pointed out a lot of really cool things. First of all, they weren't running with the tight end. They were running with the tackle out there. So they were running guard, tackle, tackle. And, you know, when they can run five, six, seven, eight yards a carry, it sets up their play action and it also opens up the field for Russell Wilson. And so the thing I saw again was our outside linebackers not playing gap integrity that happens when they're running the ball down your throat. Then they're, instead of rushing the passer or keeping Russell Wilson contained, they're going after the running back. And then you see Wilson trot around the side and not get touched for 10, 15 yards, which is what was happening a lot. So gap integrity is, you know, one of the biggest problems the Rams have had all year. Uh, I could see that tonight really bad. Uh, we're, we're hurting at linebacker. Littleton's doing a good job, but I mean, Barron had four tackles and two assists, but you really didn't hear his name called all night. And it, we've got to figure out how to stop this run. And it doesn't, not just the Seahawks, it's anybody. We've been giving up way too many rushing yards all year to everybody. And it's just got to stop. And the way they got to stop that is start playing better gap integrity. A lot of that will come into play when Aqib Tlaib makes it back, we hope. Because when your coverage gets more solid, you can play a lot more man, which allows the linebackers to, you know, then help stop the run more. But it's just frustrating to see them give up. You know, we, we've got an all-star cast sitting over there on our defensive line. And to see this many yards is just, it's really frustrating. Johnny, your thoughts? As f- you, you kind of brought up Barron, which is a good point, because this is a guy that was kind of a, you know, surefire tackler last year. And uh, this season, since he's been back, hasn't really been that same player, which leads me to believe that either A, he's not 100%, or B, he's not the same player after the injury, which is certainly possible. This is a guy that averaged, you know, I, I don't have the official statistic, but last season uh, he, he would easily get you about 10 tackles. Uh, and you know, for him to only get four, this hurts a lot. And I, one thing I did notice about Barron is he doesn't seem as quick, um, towards the football as he used to, uh, last season. I don't know if any of you guys picked that up, but it, it seems like he's a lot slower than what he used to be. And that, that is a concern because this is a guy that's supposed to be your veteran leader. And while you, while no one, like Norm said, uh, Littleton is stepping up quite a bit. It's not enough. And if Barron continues to regress, it, again, this is going to be a huge concern. This was, he was supposed to be the leadership of this, of this linebacking court. And if he can't be that, then uh, we're going to have some problems down the road. I, I'll tell you one thing I do wish uh, Tlaib will be with the team against Kansas City next, next week because we could definitely use Tlaib on the defense uh, to you know, stop the, the passing attack. But, again, it, that won't mean a thing if we can't stop the run either. And that's what it's come down to is the Rams have had to outscore their teams, and that's not what should happen against a star-studded defense like this. So until they could figure something out, this is going to be a concern all season long. Well, the earliest Talib will be back is after the bye. So, yeah. it's, uh, he, you're not you're not going to yeah. So you're not going to see him against KC. No, uh, no, I know you won't. And this is going to be, you know, going to next week's game. It's going to be really interesting because the only team that we've really played so far that I think that can actually keep up with the Rams in scoring was this, was the Saints, but now with KC coming in. You know, I think they can do it too, uh, and and I would I would have given the edge to our defense before that matchup, but now I don't know. Watching all these rushing yards go down, and I, I <laughs> this is going to be a tough game. But sticking with this game, you know, like I said, they couldn't stop an old grandma walking across the crosswalk pushing a walker in the running game today. It just couldn't happen. Uh, 
that's got to get solved. And and there's a lot of issues. This defense still has not gelled, not even close. And Derek, you'd asked me last week if if I'd seen any more miscommunications between our safeties. Not only did I see it with our safeties today, but I also saw it with our corners too. So we're still yeah. we're, we're still not there yet. A couple of things here, guys, before and we're going to talk a lot more about this later. This is just coming out hitting the wire. Um, uh, Rams Miles Simmons you know, talking with, with Sean McVay. Quote unquote, it doesn't look good on wide receiver Cooper Cup. There will be more tests, but McVay reiterated that it doesn't look good for Cup's knee injury. One of the first thoughts I had. I know you, all of you have seen these injuries before. We've, we've watched a lot of football. And it's the way he went down. It looks like, to me, it looks like a torn ACL. I'm not saying it is, but that's just the way he landed and it went down. We've seen that so many times. It looks like it's a torn ACL to me. I hope to gosh I'm wrong, but it's not looking good for the Rams camp. And we'll talk more about that later in the show. But there you go. There's the update there, folks. Um, my thoughts on on the run here. Again, I'm, I'm seeing a whole lot of miscommunication. But I'm also wondering at some point, do we start holding Wade Phillips responsible? This is now his second year in charges defense. He had a major role in the movement of personnel in the offseason. At this point, this defense to me should be better. I really think that at some, it, it's, it should be better. It, sh- it shouldn't be November, and we're wondering why this team hasn't gelled yet. In terms of Mark Barron, I don't – I watched – I don't know. Did you guys catch this? He was held at least a couple times, by the way. Well, everybody yeah, was everybody oh was being gosh, held it was, tonight. It was, and they, didn't, they weren't calling much, but on the – it was the, the big the big run. I want to say it was the, the big Russell Wilson, Wilson off the left-hand side. And they caught the footage there, and man, Barron was being held like a mother there. I mean, it was bad. Um, and so, I mean, we've already covered also what the Rams are doing wrong with the, against the run. Besides that, I just they're not getting their gaps, and it makes you wonder at some point here: Are the Rams going to start looking at the draft and for corners, linebackers? Is that where they'll go? And I got to think if, if Cup's out for a long period of time, they might be looking towards wide receiver. There, that's that's a different podcast, but those are just some offhand thoughts. So overall, with we got seven more games to go, are you guys worried now about this defense? I certainly am. Uh, right now, this defense isn't good enough to take us to the Super Bowl. This team should make it to the Super Bowl, should win the Super Bowl. But if our defense keeps playing like this, uh, we're not going to get there. And they're going to have to start gelling, and they're going to have to start gelling fast, or it's going to be a problem. You know, there's a lot of things that need to happen. And, you know, yes, Wade Phillips is partially to blame for it. You know, and again, I don't want to sound too negative because we won the game today, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff wrong with this defense. We have way too many stars on that defense to be giving up that many yards on the ground. And when you're giving up that many yards on the ground, it just opens up the play action. And, you know, it's hard to be a key to Lieb or anybody in this defense if you can give up that many yards running uh, to cover a guy on play action. So, yeah, we're in trouble right now. Uh, we still got time to fix it. Uh, essentially, we win next week. I think we sew up the division, so that takes that worry off our backs. We don't have to worry about Seattle coming in you know, and, and pulling off some miracle. Uh, it would have been scary if they'd have won the game tonight. So at this point, they've got time to gel. They've got a tough matchup next week on Monday night, and then they have the bye. And the bye couldn't come at a better time oh, right now. That's what I was thinking, bud. That's what I was thinking. Johnny? Yeah, at some point you have to wonder about the defense, if it is good enough to get us to the promised land. But at the same time, I do think that Wade Phillips will make the proper adjustments to make it at least somewhat better. We kind of saw that uh, last last season, you know, it wasn't the best defense out there, but he made a lot of uh, changes to the defense to make it a competitive defensive presence out there. I, I don't know if I can say that it's the same type of defense as last year because uh, compared to what we saw today, uh, I'd almost argue that last season, last season's defense might have almost been better. But uh, and that's saying a lot considering you know who we have on this defense now. But uh, at the same time, I will say 
that I am not completely lost hope on the defense. I just think there has to be a lot of changes, and I think the bye week is coming at a good time. It'll be a good time for for Wade Phillips to kind of uh, look what he has to work with and see how he can change. And who knows, maybe there'll be like some sort of uh, moves to actually, you know, alleviate some of this pressure that the defense is facing right now. So uh, I, I I don't know if it's if it's something I would say is a is impossible to overcome, but I will say that it's it's definitely concerned going uh, further along into the season. Well, I'd I'm say worried. it's it's distracting that you know they had the fi- whole fire thing and the whole shooting thing that happened down there. You know they missed a practice because of it. You know players were getting evacuated. You know it's I'm not using any of this as an excuse, but it's been a rough week in L.A. They came off a loss, which is tough. So this was a real stress test for the Rams, and in some ways they passed it, in some ways they didn't. But I think the penalties that we saw most, most of them were personal fouls. I think kind of sums up where the, where the guys' minds were at this game. And we're going to get to that too. One thing I do want to talk about concerning the defense is give my thoughts on as well. I am worried. I'm very concerned about this defense. I saw somebody mention on social media earlier, that this feels like the 2000 Rams all over again. We know how good that Rams offense was that year scored 540 points, but they gave up 471 and that defense couldn't stop anybody. This defense, I think, is a little better. They, on occasion, they never put together a complete game. They weren't bad in pass defense today at all, but they couldn't stop the run. And then last week, they couldn't stop the pass. So I just, they never put together. They have, when was the last time? Was it the Cardinal game, guys, when they put together a complete game? Or, or maybe the 49ers? When was the last time you saw a complete game from this defense? Probably the Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, probably the Cardinals. But both those games, those are right now low-quality opponents. and like We haven't seen them put together against a really good opponent yet, and that's what's got me concerned. Is this, is too, this is too talented a team across the board and on defense for the constant 30-plus you know, 30 30, 30 points games you're giving up, and it's just it's not acceptable. Well, on a positive note, our, our – our offense still is moving the ball. Goff is playing like a veteran. You know, congratulations to him for being, you know, the first guy since Mark Bulger to have 3,000-yard seasons back-to-back. He's over 3,000 yards and, you know, after, after what, 10 games? Yeah. Uh, you know, all in all, I think with all the negative stuff towards the defense, thank God we have the offense that we have. Todd Gurley, you know, with a, a touchdown now in consecutive games, what is it, 13? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he looked great tonight. Goff is is playing really well, not giving up the turnovers, not throwing stupid interceptions, you know, taking sacks when he has to. Uh, overall, you look at this and you think, you know, the defense is playing like crap. But, you know, on a positive note, our offense is one of the best in the league. And, you know, that's something to be proud of. All right, so before we move on, guys, I do want to just give a shout-out to our sponsors out there. Uh, actually, it's Jim Hawk, whose book, Hollywood's Teen Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It's it's a pretty special book. It's just a great way to learn about Rams history with a bit of personal touch. His story tells the, the about the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. You can check out the story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers and read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic format at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hollywood's Team through various booksellers on the internet. Folks, Norm's read it, I've read it. Johnny, have you read this yet? Yes, I have. Johnny's read it. So all three of us read it. I can tell you, Johnny, how, how's this book? Well, let's put it this way. If you're a Rams fan, you need to have this book. Okay, there's one. Norm? Uh, anytime you can read about Rams history and, of course, the players that were talked about in the book and stuff, it's it's a good thing to read. And, 
you know, me being a longtime Rams fan like I am, I never, I'm not that old that I got to watch him play, but uh, it, it was, it was phenomenal to get to read it. Actually, you are that old. I just oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I told you, I told you, you know, I got, I got the torn Achilles. I just had kidney surgery, no pain pills today. You don't want me to reach through the screen and yank you through and strangle you. So I'm just, just saying that right now. I couldn't, folks, I could not, I couldn't. I knew he was. I knew he was cranky, and I just couldn't help myself. Anyways, folks, just check it out. Hollywood Teen Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. And by the way, it's pretty affordable too. So again, check it out. Okay. You know, when we're going to the Detroit Lions game together. If Derek shows up with two black eyes and a busted nose, <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, and, and the, I think the odds are pretty good that you're driving too. So I better be good. I better be good. <laughs> well, yeah, you're riding the trunk. <laughs> We're on the hood the way I'm going. Okay. <laughs> so, I, guys, I wanted to bring this to your attention, and this is something that kind of I came to thought today, and I want, I want your thoughts. Actually, you know what? Hold off. I want to hold off on this. I want to give Cooper Cup his due respect and flip it around a little bit. I was on, this, on, the, on the schedule here a little bit later. Again, we mentioned earlier Cooper Cup. It looks like a possible, um, at least a pretty serious injury. We're seeing whispers of torn ACL. Sean McFay earlier says it's not good. This offense was not the same without Cooper Cup on the field. We all know that. Um, geez, guys, what are your thoughts? I'll start with Johnny. It's it's going to be a tough loss if this is a torn ACL, especially because uh, Cooper Cup is one of those players that just is fearless going up in the in the middle of the field at times, and he he can be reliable from time to time. So. To lose him is just another weapon loss for um, Jared Goff. But I, I will say this, though. Because of the quarterback that Jared Goff has become, I don't know if I'm as nervous about this as I would have been a couple years ago just because Goff just seems like an all-pro quarterback right now that can do no wrong. Like, he, he's... I mean, he makes mistakes here and there, but... For the most part, this is a guy that has played smart football for most of the year, and I've seen I've seen him make you know guys like um, Kadero Hodge look pretty good, and uh, you know I, I'm not really that nervous. I mean, are you guys? Well, you you cannot replace Cooper Cup. No, the guy is you know a, another quarterback without the throwing. I mean, he, he runs routes perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He catches the football. He's a leader. He, 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 he's Jared Goff safety valve. I mean, all those things, you think about it, you, you cannot replace that. However, you're starting to see Tyler Higby get more involved. You know, last week he, he should have had a touchdown catch, but he blew it. But this week he, he did make an ex- excellent catch for Very a touchdown. Gerald Everett's starting to show up and starting to make some plays, so the tight ends are starting to get more involved, which I think is going to have to happen with Cup being out. Uh, Hodge, it's going to give him an opportunity for more plays, and I think he could step into a role. And then, of course, Johnny, who's your who who's your uh, budding heads favorite wide receiver to pick on? Josh Reynolds. You you got to give it up for Josh Reynolds. He's actually you know since that whole. Not non-effort on the fake punt thing. I think he's done really well tonight. He, he caught the the ball on the onside kick. Uh, kudos for the Rams being ready for that. And uh, you know, I think Reynolds. This is his, this is his opportunity, and and I think he's shown that he he can do it. So yes, it's going to be a loss. Uh, Cup's one of my favorite, if not my favorite player on the Rams right now. You know, I've got a long history of watching him, so it's going to be sad to see him out. And you're never going to replace him, but I think the Rams have enough talent. And with Goff playing as well as he is, uh, I think I think we'll be fine. When you guys took a lot of thoughts, I was I already had man. I can't even. Jeez, I don't know where to go here because you guys hit everything on the head. I was thinking with those tight ends, and I was thinking about how well Jared Goff was really spreading the ball around, especially early in this game. I you don't replace Cup. You don't replace just his route running is so good. That's why he's, you know, he. You said safety valve. I think safety blanket. He's the guy that is Jared Goff's comfort when 
all else is failing. You know, you just know that Cup will be there in the passing game, and he's going to miss that. It, it, it does look pretty serious. He's, he's going to be out at least a while. I don't know if it's ACL or not, but it's pretty clear it's going to be a while. So it's, it is a big loss for the Rams, but hopefully just having experience the first time around, they'll be all right. Okay, so guys, I want to take this to you, and you've already kind of touched on it. It This is going to take me a little bit of a second to explain it, and then I'm going to shut up. Because I think as Rams fans, we, we over the years, we kind of have gotten this complex where we feel like the officials are out to get us. Like, penalties, penalties, penalties. Why always the Rams get nailed, but not other teams, so on and so forth. And we've seen that a few times this year. This was... I mean, this and this is all me just trying to be honest here. I'm not trying to whine or complain. This is a, a question for you guys. This wasn't our game with a, a ton of non calls, especially for holding, which is what got Dante Fowler in trouble, by the way. He was being held, was clearly being held. He was ticked the officials, and he lost his cool and said something he shouldn't have said, which we have no idea what he said, but we know it was something he shouldn't have said and got him a big penalty. Um, and I guess I'm really asking this more towards Aaron Donald because. It seems he cut, it seems that guys like Aaron Donald, really Aaron Donald, are getting penalized for being so good that teams have to hold them, so they won't call the holding because just they would be calling holding every play. Really, they have to hold them almost every play. Is this right? Is this is this lack of holding calls against opposing teams a problem, or am I really being a homer here and just operating with? Close point of view. I'm going to go with Norm first. What do you think? How many holding calls were called in the game? I want to say two. One. one? I think it was. I think it was one, and it was against the Fetty. And if you would have watched, and I, I'm going to do this because uh, I have time this week, and when I break down the film, but I think on every pass play, you could have called holding on a Fetty. Uh, there, there was one time where he took Ibukam and literally bent him backwards holding him and then took him to the ground and it wasn't called. And it's almost always when you tackle a defensive lineman and take him to the ground, a penalty. But in this case, it wasn't. But there was there were holding calls that could have been called on every single play on not only Fetty but several other players. And it's upsetting. It, it, we need to get at least some of them. And tonight I think we only got one. And there were several times when you could blatantly see holding happening, you know, all the time. They were holding our linebackers. They were holding Sue. They were holding Donald. They were, you know, they were holding Fowler. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. And I can understand why the guys got frustrated, but you can't, you can't let them get underneath your skin so bad that you're getting penalized. You know, and, and the times that we got penalized were key moments of the game. You know, when Fowler had the face mask, that kept that drive going. When uh, when he got that 15-yard penalty for talking to the official, that kept that drive going. You know, Donald, you know, when I played, there were times when we knew a team that we were playing, especially a rival, was so fired up that, we knew if we went out there and pushed him hard enough, we could get him to, you know, throw a punch or, or do something to get penalized. And I almost feel like that was kind of the way the Seahawks were with us tonight is push them as far as you can push them without getting penalized so that they're going to fire back. You know, if they're not calling holding, hold them, hold them and talk smack to them and get them to get penalized. It just kind of felt like that tonight. But to answer your question, yes, I think the the officials are letting a lot of holds go because they'd have to call holding every single time. The fact that they, we only got one during the game is pathetic. So, But am I being a homer with that observation or not? I guess is what I want to know. No, you're not. Johnny, your thoughts? Okay, so I, I kind of had a previous conversation with Steve on the last podcast, on the Butting Heads podcast, uh, last week about this because there were certain calls that weren't called uh, against the New Orleans Saints and you know there was quite a few in that game but you know I didn't think of it too much just because again um, I I don't want to be that fan or that you know part of the fandom that 
accuses the referees of keeping the Rams back. And I don't want to seem like that, but in this game in particular, there was way too many questions in this game. The the holding penalties, I, I'm kind of the guy that is okay with letting letting the teams play. You know, uh, if, if it's a slight hold, let it go. I, I'm okay with that. But there was just so many blatant holds in this game. And, you know, a lot of people were kind of very critical with Dante Fowler, especially on um, the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. I you, you got to look at things from his perspective also. This is a guy that wants to make a name for himself. This is his second chance. And he's getting there. But he can't make the plays if he's being held. So, of course, the frustration is setting in for play after play after play that he is not getting that call. And, you know, of course, you know, the Seahawks are making these plays and the frustration setting in. And he just, you know, he made a boneheaded move and, you know, um, said something stupid to the referees. But at, at the same time, I cannot blame him for that. Because, again, this is a young guy trying to make a name for himself. This is his second chance. So that's why I'm not going to – I'm not – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. But not just that, too. Like, even with, like, the Aaron Donald thing. (laughs) Okay, Aaron Donald going after – did did you guys catch the lineman that that, uh, that pushed him out of – Huh? Britt. 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 Ah, there we go. Yes. So that should have never happened to begin with because that play was not blown dead when it should have. I mean, at least that I didn't see. The The play was not blown dead. It was later called, um, you know, <laughs> an incomplete pass. But why did it get so far? Why, why if, that was, if that was deemed an incomplete pass, why did it get to that point where Donald was trying to run as far away <laughs> – as far to the to the end zone as possible, it shouldn't have gotten that far. And I blame the referees for that. That is completely their fault. And, you know, just little things like that really, really impact the game. And I, I don't know. For me, you, you can call Derek a homer. You can call me a homer. But today's game, there's un, it's undeniable. The refs really screwed up in this game. Derek, did we lose you? Yeah, sorry. I had a kid in the background, and folks know, <laughs> had a kid crying. Oh, For, I, both mo- both kids are sick, and now I'm sick. So, yes, we it's just a bunch of illness in the household. So, folks, I apologize for that. We're live, so I'll just have to deal with this being on the pod. Anyways, um, I can handle. I can handle. I can handle referees making mistakes. I can handle the missing calls. It's, they're human. We're all human. I think, it, to me, it comes down really to Aaron Donald on the inside. And the reason why I'm saying that is because he is so stinking good. He's so good that he's double teamed on almost every play. And he's being held in almost every play. But they don't call anything on him. And I feel it just looks as if that the reason why is because they would have to call holding them every time. Well, I don't really think that's the case. You don't have to call could, holding every time. You could still call it more. You and could he, call holding every time in any football game on any given day. I mean, you could. They're, they're always holding. But today's game, it was a lot more blatant than normal. I mean, Afedi was a pathetic wreck out there holding. And one call. And that was I, it. I get it that, crazy. but my concern really is just long-term with Aaron Donald as well. I feel as though Donald's getting robbed because he's basically being penalized for being as freaking good as he is. I, that's, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I just mean, don't know what we could do about it. Well, the, the, the simple thing is, look, you know, if I'm a referee, I know that I can't... It just wouldn't make sense to call holding every single time. But... 
to not call, call any of his directions. Like the Falcons playoff game last year. He was held every single play. The season's on the line. And they're not calling anything on it. Call something. Call something. My gosh, just call something. All right, moving on from that. And again, I'm, again, this is folks, I'm not trying to whine and be this complainer. I get that that penalties are going to go other teams' way as well. And I understand referees are going to make mistakes, but I worry about what this does for the careers of people like Aaron Donald, the ones who were truly dominant and pay the price for being dominant. Okay, on the flip side, to be fair, the Rams weren't themselves with penalties today either. Matt, I, I compared them, and you guys can just kind of chuckle at me if you want. I compared them to the old Fisher Rams more than anything else with just all these personal foul calls. How much heat should they take for this breakdown discipline today? Johnny? You know, uh, again, the the personal foul calls, that's not the referees doing per se. This is all boneheaded decisions. Aaron Donald, he's a leader. He's got to know that he's going to be called for a personal foul in that situation. Now, I kind of respect the fact that he was like, all right, I'm going to defend myself. But at the same time, look, man, you're the leader. You're the leader of the entire defense and maybe of the entire team. you got to set an example, and by what you're doing, you're harming the team more than you're helping. So you got to take that into account. Fowler, as frustrated as he was, and I did give him the benefit of the doubt, but he's got to be smarter than that too. You know, you, you can't mouth off to the officials because they 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 essentially got you by the balls, essentially. They, they can do whatever the heck they want, and they did. They, they caught him mouthing off, so they penalized him for it. And not only that, that it was a lot more than that. They, they they set up the Seahawks for a touchdown. So by continuing that drive, it did a lot more harm than good. So, you know, things like uh, the personal foul on the face mask, that happens. It wasn't intentional, you know. So I I, I can't say that – I can't say that was done, um, you know, purposely and it was boneheaded. It's one of those things that, as a veteran, they know what to do and what not to do. In that case, Fowler, you know, tried to make a play. In 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 the action, he ended up getting a face mask call. It happens. That I can live with. It's the boneheaded penalties like the other two that really drive home, that really drive me insane and any coach insane. So these are things that they have to avoid, especially Aaron Donald, because of him being that team leader. Norm? Well, you know, like you said, Johnny, the face mask doesn't bother me. That's part of the game. It happens. Uh, not, I mean, you know, not much you can do about that one. Uh, but getting a personal foul on a third down that you just stopped them to keep them out of field goal range so they're going to have to punt and getting a 15-yard penalty for talking shit to the refs drives me fucking insane. And I was ready to just scream bloody murder at that because I can't remember the last time I saw somebody get penalized for talking crap to a ref. Make your point. The play ended up okay. Move on. But instead, you give them a chance to go down and score a touchdown, which they did, which makes the game closer than it should be. You know, he should have sat his ass on the bench the rest of the game. But then he comes in and gets a sack fumble and recovers it, and the Rams end up getting a touchdown, which helps them, you know, go ahead. So it's hard to say that, but those kind of boneheaded mistakes really piss me off, and we can't have them. If you're a Super Super Bowl contending team, you can't have those kind of penalties. Donald got a late head out of bounds. Yeah, I can understand his frustration. You know, like you said, Derek, he's been getting held all night. So, you know, all that frustration pent up and everything. He basically just grabbed the guy from behind and hugged him. I didn't really see him do anything more than that, but apparently it was enough for a penalty. But he has to be the leader and not let that happen. So, yeah, they shot themselves in the foot tonight with the penalties, and they can't do that if they plan on winning playoff games and making it to the Super Bowl. One thing we didn't really get to, though, was the Littleton penalty. 
and I want to go ahead and make this right that uh, make this quick thought as well. I don't really see what he could have done at all. He wasn't. He was pushed down. He reached just reached up and just to grab Wilson. He didn't try taking Wilson's leg out or bending his leg in any kind of weird way. That penalty was to me, well, stupid. It really was. And tell me if I'm wrong there, but he was that's, pushed to the ground. That's the new rule that you're going to see. That I wasn't surprised to see it called. I don't like it, but it, it is one of the new rules, and you know I can live with that one. I wasn't ticked off at him for getting it uh, just because it's part of the game. But, you know, that's the kind of ticky-tacky stuff that's going to happen with these new quarterback protection rules. But, you know, like I said, I don't believe it was his fault. And, you know, it is what it is. No, it absolutely wasn't his fault. You know, these rules are part of what's killing the game because it's coming to the point where you basically have to ask permission you know, for Russell Wilson, like, hey, is, can I can I sack you this this uh, this drive? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, because this uh, <laughs> there it literally is nothing Littleton could have done to avoid that penalty. And no, no, he's supposed to stand up and then tackle him. Yeah, I mean, uh, but he he really <laughs> did. But he really didn't even. It wasn't like he was going into his legs and trying to bend or any purpose to cause harm. All he did basically was trip him down grab his leg and pull him down that's what we that's how we see people tackle on any other play and that's the i can i can get either you don't call that or you gotta adjust that rule i mean that's just so silly yeah they're not going to change it it is what it is yeah i'm not it's just it's one of those quirks we're gonna have to get used to and it just bothers the ever-living crap out of me all right folks here's norm by the way uh, talked about something he loves instead of hate, like that that one call we just talked about. So giving a shout-out to the Golden Ram Barbershop. Now it's time to give a shout-out to our longtime sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like that old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day that they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's it's like a shrine to the Rams, it, like a Hall of Fame to the Rams in a barbershop. But it, Sal also provides that really nice old-school barbershop experience, talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me, Derek, and Johnny look good and appear, well, somewhat normal. All right, so guys, it's, it's getting close to wrapping up, and... This has been a relatively for a win. It's been kind of a downer of a podcast, probably. So let's let's turn this around and think positive. What are well one? Let's a new segment here. Game ball. Who do you give your game ball to, Johnny? Ooh, that's that's a tough one. But I would have to give this one probably to Jared Goff. I'm going to go the safe route on this one just because again he he just continues to impress me. I love the fact that he's able to throw up in the middle of the field, you know, without being afraid. He he just continues to impress me week by week. So this one for me is Jared Goff. Norm? I'd give one to Jared Goff as well, and I'd also give one to Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, there were a couple of drives that, you know, he solely stopped and kept them from going down and scoring. And, uh, you know, I think you could give him a game ball just about every game. So that's who I'd go with. Well, I don't want to give it to Goff because you guys already did. But I have two. I have two here. Um, Aaron Donald for sure. Just the way that when he wasn't, you know, being gang tackled and possibly molested by Seattle players was purely dominant. And then also the second one, a little bit of surprise here, but I think it, it made a big difference. And that was Josh Reynolds catch that onside kick. 
you mentioned earlier the Rams were ready for it. No, the Rams weren't ready for it. Josh Reynolds was ready for it. The rest of the Rams, the rest of the Rams were back. They didn't go near that ball. And uh, Reynolds was, was aggressive, went and got that ball, and I, it really put the Rams in great position. And so, game ball for him. 9-1, and one, though, guys. 9-1. and one. Other pauses to take from this. Norm, go. Our offense continues to put up over 30 points a game. Todd Gurley looked great tonight. Our receiving core, you know, even without Cooper Cup, is looking good. Goff, you know, is playing phenomenal and and should be, honestly, up for Pro Bowl this year. So when it comes to our offense, nothing but great things to say. And, you know, our defense, although they struggled, they, they make plays when they have to. And that's what's, you know, managed to get us through some of these close games. So, you know, 9-1, and one, you certainly can't complain. Just uh, we just got to keep this on on the positive side and keep rolling. Johnny, I'm just still a little amazed that the word positive came out of Norm's mouth. Oh, shut up, Johnny! <laughs> I'm the one that really need you guys need to worry about positive. I, I, I you tell, Norm's always good for a good positive statement unless he's starting to kill someone. You know, I this is the first time in my life I ever had to shut off my phone during a football game because I was getting all this negative crap from Derek, and I was like, I can't do it anymore. I so only I made my one negative off. comment. Yeah, one and then another and then another. No, no, that was well, me actually defending the Rams. That was yeah, me well, saying, listen, that should have been that should have been an intentional rounding. Had nothing you, to do with you, you. Were like the bad wingman tonight. You know, I mean, it was like. <laughs> The, the game's like two minutes left and my phone's going off every 30 seconds. And it's like, Jesus, I'm shutting my phone off. I can't deal with this. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, we're, so we're officially turning Derek's name into Debbie. You know, Deb, Mrs. Stop Debbie it. Downer here. Good Lord. And, no, all right. So no, because I'm going to make that my, case now. Go on, John. No, go ahead and no, make your positive case. I, I'm making my positive case. Get off my case, Debbie Downer. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, as before, I was rudely interrupted. I I have to make this positive statement because I haven't yet to make it yet on Ramstock Radio. I've only made it on Butting Heads, and that's I'm still on track for my prediction of fourteen and two. So well, I'm still point. on my track for fifteen and one. Well, you know, actually, I kind of hope you're right, but, um, <laughs> but Man, can you two I'm just sticking get with off it. each other's jocks right now? For the low, hey, you know, I, the I, hey, Debbie, Debbie, relax. Oh, you know, come on. <laughs> I am glad that Johnny joined us from the buttheads tonight, though. It's it's nice to have one of the buttheads <laughs> on the podcast with it. <laughs> all right, so guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some positivity out there for real. All joking aside, and this is what I want to say about this Rams, about this Rams team. A I always get worried about teams that go through an entire year and dominate, like the 2007 Patriots. Okay, they came through and this killed everybody. Got the Super Bowl, got some adversity. What happened? They lose. The Rams have over and over and over again faced some sort of adversity this year, and they've almost always come out on top. The attitude that these guys have, to me, tells me that it's going to be all right. They're going to go. Lord knows what's going to happen against Kansas City next week, and I think that's that's a problem game for them. Just the matchups on the offense, defense aren't good. But get them to a bye, get into a chance to get a little healthier, get to lead back, get get to work on the defensive system. They do have a solid pass in the middle. They just need to develop more on the outside. Hopefully, Dante Fowler gets more time in the system on on the bye to work on that. And I think if you can just fill some of those gaps and just get better, then. They're going to be fine, and we're still looking at a potential Super Bowl team here. And that, to me, it is a journey. And the attitude this guy of this team has been, we not me. They live it. They really do. This is not some kind of cliche. They really do live that meaning. And they do constantly just seek to get better and better and better. And I'll take that kind of attitude, take that kind of environment over any other franchise in the NFL right now. I really mean that. I really do. And... Mm-hmm. So for that, I, I think there's significant hope that by the time the bye is over with, we'll see massive defensive improvement. I really believe that. So there is 
my positives bit over the night. They're 9-1. They're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to get at least one home playoff game, if not more. So I'm okay with – I'm okay. There you go. Well, you're okay. That's a matter of opinion, but – Well. <laughs> did, did, he just, did he just actually compare a Rams team to a Patriots team? Yeah, I know. It kind of scared me too, but <laughs> I didn't. I, I just said you know, this team has been challenged. That Patriots team wasn't challenged till the end. Well, I'll give you my most positive spin of the day, and that is the Rams won and the Patriots lost. So that's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Oboe, Oboe didn't play today. We didn't see him, but Oboe might, you know, be coming out and showing his stuff here in the next week. Uh, he might be a positive influence to us. We don't know. The buy coming up, you know, is going to certainly help. If we can manage to squeak out a win against KC, uh, the sky's the limit for this team. But, you know, we just got to stay healthy and, and keep positive. And, you know, again, I hate sounding like I'm more positive than Derek by tons when it comes to, you know, he's the pessimist, I'm the optimist. But, you certainly don't want our podcast to sound like they're being pessimistic. But tonight there were some struggles with the run game, and that had to be pointed out. But other than that, I couldn't be prouder to wear my Rams jersey around and walk around in a different state who's followed by a different team and having them look at me and nod their head with respect because they know how good we are. So it feels good. That's a one of the most positive things I can say about the team right now. Yeah, after all those years of being just – bad and and not being able to wear your stuff around the need a bag over your head it is a better feeling that's for sure johnny last thoughts go rams (laughs) (laughs) dramatic pause yeah uh go rams okay folks before we go a couple little you know a couple of things we want to talk to you about real quick if you we do need ads we do need sponsors reach out to us at rams top 1945 release a voicemail at 657-666 Five four five three. If you're interested in sponsoring us to advertise on our site or to advertise on our podcast, we do have a media kit ready to get out to you. Our our listens here, our audience is growing, and you can get a great deal. Also, we do want to shout out the other podcasts on our on our on our network here. We also have Butting Heads with Magic Johnny here and Steve Ribeiro. They are the young bucks who you know like to outdo the old guys here. And then, of course, Rampage Radio. They These two brothers are solid. They know their stuff. They're a lot of fun to listen to. Check them both out. We're glad to uh, be able to continually bring you content throughout the season. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me, Derek C. Paula, on Twitter at DC Paula, Norm Hightower at Norm Hightower, and Johnny Gomez at Johnny5, not 6. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. All of them. We're, we're, we're pretty much... And you can find a podcast. So, for the rest of the crew, this is Derek C. Apollo. Take it easy. The Rams, guys, they're 9 and 1. We'll take it. Adios. See ya. drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time.
Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.